You're listening to the podcast of ASN Kidney News, the news magazine of the nephrology community. ASN Kidney News is a publication of the American Society of Nephrology, the world's largest professional society dedicated to leading the fight against kidney disease. During the last 200 years in the United States, the rate of fructose intake from added sugars has directly paralleled the increasing rate of obesity. Today, Americans consume 30% more fructose than 20 years ago, and up to four times more than 100 years ago, when obesity rates were less than 5%. While this increase mirrors the dramatic rise in the prevalence of hypertension, studies have been inconsistent in linking excess fructose in the diet to hypertension. However, new research presented during ASN Renal Week 2009 shows that a diet high in fructose from added sugars increases the risk of developing high blood pressure. The findings suggest that cutting back on processed foods and beverages may help prevent hypertension. In this podcast episode, Stuart L. Linus, MD, chair of the ASN Hypertension Advisory Group, interviews authors Diana Jalal, MD, and Richard Johnson, MD, about their study. I'm Stu Linus from the University of Colorado. I'm here with Diana Jalal and Richard Johnson from the University of Colorado as well. And I want to ask Dr. Jalal and Johnson some questions about their presentation. Dr. Jalal, one question that I know is on everyone's mind is what exactly your study is referring to. Are you referring to fructose? or are you referring to substances which have a lot of fructose in them, like corn syrup? Sure. So our study is a cross-sectional observational study where we explored the correlation between high fructose intake from sources high in added sugar and elevated blood pressure in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. We calculated um, fructose intake from sources that were high in added sugar, such as sugar-sweetened beverages, bakery products, chocolate, candy, dried fruits. We also included honey jam, sugar added to coffee and tea, and syrup. And we calculated the amount of fructose intake per participant in the enhanced dietary questionnaire and evaluated the average intake of fructose from these sources for the population, and then look to see if high fructose intake above the average, as opposed to low fructose intake below the average, was associated with an increased risk of elevated blood pressure. So it's not about high fructose corn syrup, um, it's about high fructose intake from added sugar. Thank you. Um, the other question I know that a lot of us have who um, don't deal with this every day, is the differences between uh, fructose and glucose. Um, most of us understand glucose and the role of insulin and glucose metabolism. Is fructose the same as glucose? Does it require insulin? How is um, fructose uh, different than glucose? So fructose and glucose are both two simple sugars. And as Diana mentioned, fructose is a key component of table sugar as well as high fructose corn syrup, but so is glucose. They're different in one major way. When glucose gets absorbed, it stimulates energy production. Fructose will also stimulate energy production, but after a period of energy ex exhaustion. And what happens is when fructose is taken up in a cell, it's so rapidly phosphorylated that there's intracellular ATP depletion. So what happens is fructose actually causes a form of cell shock. The cell becomes almost like ischemic and will produce a lot of inflammatory mediators and so forth. Another aspect is its relationship to insulin. Glucose, of course, stimulates insulin secretion, 
which is a normal process that then stimulates glucose uptake into cells. Fructose does not stimulate insulin secretion, but rather in animal studies has been shown to cause insulin resistance. And so it makes the cell resistant to insulin. So there's a major difference. Fructose actually causes insulin resistance, which we know leads to <coughs> features of the metabolic syndrome and diabetes, whereas glucose stimulates normal insulin secretion and function. So this turns out to be the key differences between these two simple sugars. Diana, this is a relatively new observation, as best I can determine. So are there other observational studies out there that have related fructose to blood pressure? And if there are, can you tell me a little bit about them? So there are a few other studies that have actually attempted to explore the association between high fructose intake from added sugars and the risk of high blood pressure. And the results of these observational studies have been conflicted, where some have shown an association and others have not. Um, we think that's probably because in their populations the intake of fructose was not as high as the intake that we noted in the NHANES, where we found the median intake of fructose for our population to be 74 grams per day, the equivalent of two and a half soft drinks a day, with our upper quartile, the highest 25%, ingesting more than 130 grams a day. And it's plausible that you need a significant amount of fructose in the form of added sugar to see these effects on high blood pressure. And I think that the amount of fructose ingested from added sugar was one of the striking findings of our study. So it sounds like in your study, the amount of fructose that the NHANES database reports is a lot more than some of the other studies that don't find a relationship between fructose and blood pressure. I believe that that's true. And you know, when you look at some of the studies that have evaluated sugary soft drinks in the NHANES, such as a study by Wynn et al., they showed that ingesting more than 24 ounces of a soft drink is associated with an increased risk of high blood pressure. Um, 24 ounces would probably translate to, is it 60 grams of fructose? Yes. Right, because then a 12-ounce would have about 30 yes, to 60 grams of fructose. So it, see, it appears that you do need to ingest a significant amount of fructose as added sugar in order to see some of these effects on the general population. Good. Thank you. The observational studies... Oh, I think I, I also need to say though, that these studies all carry the same limitation. We're separating the effects of fructose from glucose is difficult because we're typically relying on dietary questionnaires and these sources of high sugar are high in fructose but also they are high in glucose and I think in the absence of properly planned interventional studies it's difficult to define the effects of the two. Speaking of interventional studies, um, have there been any interventional studies comparing fructose to glucose or fructose itself on blood pressure? Yes, there actually has been one recent study in which uh, 74 healthy uh, men in Menorca, Spain, were administered fructose for two weeks, uh, 200 grams a day. So this is uh, quite a lot of fructose, actually, but 25% uh, of the NHANES are eating over 130 grams a day, so we're not way out of the ballpark. But in that study, they administered fructose 200 grams a day for two weeks with or without a drug that lowers uric acid. 
And what they found was a, a very remarkable increase in blood pressure in the group that got fructose uh, in the range of six to seven millimeters systolic blood pressure and four to five millimeters of diastolic blood pressure. And uh, it was blocked completely by lowering uric acid with allopurinol. So it's really the first definitive study in humans showing that high doses of fructose can raise blood pressure and suggest that it's mediated by uh, an increase in uric acid. Fructose actually has as a side effect uh, to raise uric acid, and recently there's been a lot of interest in uric acid and, and blood pressure, and there's been a strong associations of uric acid with the development of blood pressure, and there have been a few small trials that suggest that lowering uric acid may be a means for lowering blood pressure. So it's possible that this could provide a mechanism by which fructose raises blood pressure, and the study also suggests that that high fructose intake itself may actually be a cause of blood pressure. One thing about that study was we gave huge doses of fructose, but what's wonderful or, or what's very striking about Diana Jalal's study is that she's showing that there's a relationship of fructose intake in the normal, healthy adult U.S. population with blood pressure, and that doses of fructose that are being eaten in our society appears to correlate the presence of higher blood pressure. So this suggests that the Menorca study in which really super high doses are given may be relevant to society's uh, ingestion of this important sugar. In addition, there is another study uh, that was recently published in the American Journal of Physiology by Brown et al. in which subjects were administered either 60 grams of fructose or glucose in a liquid form and then their blood pressure measured over a couple hour period. And in that study as well, only the fructose drink raise blood pressure. So this suggests that there's something distinct between fructose and glucose, that fructose, in addition to its known ability to induce insulin resistance and to raise triglycerides, may also have a specific effect on blood pressure in humans. Speaking of the effect of uh, fructose on blood pressure, would you care to speculate on the mechanisms by which um, fructose might elevate blood pressure. You've commented on the relationship with uric acid. Are there other mechanisms? And in addition to other mechanisms, how does uric acid per se elevate blood pressure? Okay, so there have been a number of studies in animals that have looked at the mechanism by which fructose raises blood pressure. And fructose has a wide variety of effects on a, a number of vascular mediators. So it can inhibit... Uh, nitric oxide, which is an important vasodilator in the blood vessels. It can also activate the sympathetic nervous system. And for example, in the Menorca study, the increase in blood pressure was associated with an increase in pulse. And then it can raise uric acid. And studies in animals suggest that uric acid's effects to raise blood pressure are through a variety of mechanisms, which include the inhibition of nitric oxide, the stimulation of the renin-angiotensin system, uh, and the stimulation of endothelin. The fact that in the Menorca study that blood pressure could be lowered in the fructose-administered subjects by allopurinol suggests that uric acid may have a central role in the mechanism by which blood pressure is raised by fructose. Clearly, you know, we need more studies. The relationship of uric acid to blood pressure remains controversial. Uric acid under certain circumstances can function as an antioxidant. So this would seem to be incongruent with its ability to raise blood pressure. 
but uh, studies largely led by my group have suggested that uric acid is an antioxidant in the extracellular environment, but a prooxidant in the intracellular environment. And when you eat fructose, you're generating uric acid inside the cell, which then goes out into the circulation. And we believe that it's the intracellular effects of uric acid, which may be key to the development of high blood pressure. Diana, could you comment on the concern that you both have expressed today regarding the amount of fructose that's safe to eat? All of the guidelines for nutrition and high blood pressure talk about the value of fruits. And what I hear you saying is that there may be a double-edged sword. The right amount of fruit is okay, but fruit in the form of high fructose, orange juice or soft drinks or things like that may be problematic. So bottom line is, how much is safe to eat a day, do you think? It is true that fruits and actually some vegetables contain fructose, and they contain more fructose than they do glucose. But fruits also contain, and vegetables for that matter, contain large amounts of antioxidants, minerals, and vitamins, all that have been shown to counter the effects of fructose experimentally. And if you look at uh, interventional studies that have evaluated dietary lifestyle modifications for high blood pressure, such as the DASH diet, you'll find that diets that contain a healthy amount of fruits and vegetables are actually associated with positive outcomes. And again, the benefit that comes with the fruits is most likely secondary to these other macronutrients that are ingested in conjunction with fructose. The other thing that's important to recognize about fruits is that they do, it's true that they contain more fructose than glucose, but they do contain less fructose than a soft drink or a glass of juice. So a large 100-calorie apple will probably offer about 12 grams of fructose. That's less than half the amount of fructose that you would ingest with a soft drink or with a, a glass of juice. Other observational studies that have evaluated moderate fructose intake, that's high in natural fruits and vegetables, have not found a correlation between high fructose intake and high blood pressure. And this suggests that smaller amounts of fructose ingested largely or to a large extent from its natural sources are probably not harmful and, uh, on the contrary, may be associated with uh, healthy benefits. So I think that the other thing that we need to note is that we do talk about our increasing consumption of fructose over the last century. But if you look at the reported recent epidemiological trends in fructose consumption, more than 80% of our fructose ingestion does come from added sugar. And if anything, we tend to ingest less fruits and less vegetables than we did a half a century or a century ago. And in our study, we felt that it was important to make that distinction. So natural fruits were not included in our fructose intake calculation. We focused on fructose intake from added sugars because we wanted to be mindful of the message that we would be sending uh, the public. Um, to answer your question about fruit juices, I don't think that we can say that any one item that was included in our fructose intake calculation is associated with an adverse outcome. I think that the results that we see in our study are secondary to the collective large amount of fructose ingested from all of these sources. And I think that it's important for people to be mindful 
of the amount of added sugar that they ingest and to try to tailor it as much as possible to a healthy diet where they ingest moderate amounts of sugar um, and where their fructose intake up to a third of it or more should probably come in its natural form in conjunction with macronutrients in the form of uh, fruits and vegetables. I don't think that based on our results we can give a specific amount. Um, I think that our studies suggest that an intake of less than 74 grams per day is probably not harmful and that more than that you start to run into trouble. Thank you. If I might uh, make an addition, it's been shown in, by epidemiologic studies in children that high amounts of fruit juice are associated with the development of obesity that have led to the pediatric societies to try to limit fruit juices in children to uh, small amounts like four to six ounces a day. And um, I think that this does make sense given the fact that fruit juices are very, very concentrated in fructose and many of them lack fiber and a lot of the good things that you get with natural fruits. Thank you. And the hope would be that our study would lead to properly planned interventional studies where we can look at the effects of a low fructose diet and answer some of those questions, how much fructose is too much uh, in high-risk populations, and to really recommend a specific amount. And our hope would be that uh, our study would lead to larger, well-planned, uh, randomized studies in high-risk populations to evaluate how much fructose is too much and if low fructose diets are actually beneficial in individuals at high risk. Thanks, uh, Diana. Thanks, Rick, for answering these questions. Very exciting new information regarding diet and high blood pressure. The American public has been interested in these type of um, studies for a long period of time, and I congratulate you on a terrific study and a terrific observation. Thank you. Thank you very much. ASN Kidney News is a publication of the American Society of Nephrology. The ideas and opinions expressed by participants in ASN Kidney News podcasts are their own and do not necessarily reflect the positions of the society. To lead the fight against kidney disease, ASN helps its 11,000 members provide high-quality care to patients, conduct cutting-edge research, and educate the next generations of kidney care professionals. To learn more about ASN or Kidney News, please visit the Society's website at www.asn-online.org. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.